Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. I'm going to go Carolina. Did I choose Minnesota? I think I meant Carolina. I'm choosing Carolina. Bold pick, okay, trying to gain some ground. Nah, yeah, I feel good about Carolina in this one. Even though Dalvin Cook has a good game, I feel good about them. Um, Arizona's going into New England. Arizona. AZ? Yeah. I just, I can't pick Arizona this season. I pick them to win, they lose. I pick them to lose, they win. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think I think I need to say what I think is going to happen and then pick the opposite. <laughs> yes means no. <laughs> no, Steve, go. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no means yes. <laughs> oh my god. Here, take Christ. this drink. You know who our president is? <laughs> there is oh no no. <laughs> There's always yes. Wow. Um, I have at least until January 20th to grab you. Huh? I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. Arizona? Yeah. Cam Newton. Damn. I'm. Yeah. I'm going New England, man. Fuck it. I ain't scared of y'all niggas. Um, Miami is going into uh, MetLife. This one is trap season. Barn burner. Uh-huh. The no, Miami no Dolphins. Oh, today. Fitz Magic is starting. That's true. I'm actually about to pick him up and put him in my fantasy lineup. He's, he's going to carve up our secondary some trash. He's going to carve us up. He's going to carve our secondary up. Just the secondary? Sam Darnold is starting also. Oh, is he? That might <laughs> yep. change things a little bit. That might change uh, things. I don't know. Miami still has a pretty good defense, so I don't know if he starts seeing ghosts and shit. I don't know. Yeah. I might pull out uh, Miami's defense in some spots because I think Darnell can score a touchdown today, maybe a touchdown, and maybe, um, you know, get them into field goal range a couple times. I feel like it'll be something like 24-13 Miami. But uh, yeah, who you got, EJ? Trap game. Um, I think I'm picking with my heart a little bit more. Uh, I I I want to see us go on 16, but I think this is a game that we don't. I think Fitzpatrick should have a great game, but I somehow believe that we're gonna have a good game as well. We've been trending and playing pretty well these last couple of games. Um. Barring, like, we should have won these last two games had it not been for Flacco interceptions each time. Actually, these last three games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the Jets for once. Boom! Hold that, Vari. He is going with the Jets. All right. Let's go to New Orleans and Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> we know VP's taking Miami. I just told you, I think it's going to be Miami 24-13. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking Miami on this one. Um, we got to make sure, VP, because he'll, he'll fuck around and be like, you know, Monday, he'll be like, yeah, I took, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and we didn't really hear it. You know what I'm saying? Now we got it on remember record. I said I was taking the Dolphins defense and some spots. You know, this wasn't <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Listen, I I would be leading right now if I would have uh, held you guys to that Thursday game that, that we picked that I let you out of. <laughs> that nobody <laughs> right uh we have we, we got new orleans going into a team play against a team with no quarterback like did no they pull call anybody up did they, someone uh, off the, the practice squad? Read, the last thing i read this morning from uh from shefty is they have a guy who's a wide receiver on the practice squad but played quarterback in college he's the emergency quarterback who's they called up but before calling him up, they sent a, a request to the NFL. They tried to have a guy who's like an assistant coach on the team who played quarterback. They tried to get him, and the NFL said no. Hey, yo. <laughs> this can't be true. From Chef- be yeah, it, it is. No, it's, it's on here. Broncos bid to start assistant coach at QB denied by league. They should have said, yo, can we just put Elway out there? Can we get our owner or not our owner? Can we get our uh, our GM out there? Kendall Hinton, Hinton, an undrafted rookie practice squad wide receiver, will start against the New Orleans Saints. He might be a a good pick on on Daily Fantasy because he's going to run a lot. Kendall Hinton. (laughs) This shit is about to be a disaster. No, I hope nobody's starting Jerry Judy or anybody. All right. He so went, I, had, I had, he went to I Wake Forest. I had Jerry Judy in our league, and I had him in. And I looked. I had forgot about this quarterback situation, right? And when I was doing my, my last second lineup, I was like, damn, how come Jerry Judy's only projected for eight points? He's normally like double digits. And I was like, oh, <laughs> to get that right out. <laughs> right. Nobody can throw the ball to him. Um. <laughs> Our next divisional game, our next game is divisional game. Uh, <laughs> we ain't so we all picking the Saints. Oh, okay. EJ, who you have? <laughs> do you have New Orleans or do you have Denver? You know, this is a tough one, Steve. I am going to have to go with the Saints by 50. <laughs> see, the, see here's, here's the piece, right? The Saints keep getting lucky. And because the Saints keep getting lucky with, this bull, with the bullshit that happens, Taysom Hill continues to have a job and um they continue to pull all this gimmick shit even when drew Brees is healthy because last week um they played atlanta who came off a bye and played like shit they were just fucking terrible so they win that game so Taysom hill looks like a great looks looks good they're like oh this is our guy this week they're gonna play against denver and it seems like every time drew Brees gets hurt new orleans schedule goes into turmoil like the people that they have to play last year same thing when bridgewater was in there so now i mean don't get me wrong bridgewater's doing okay with carolina but you know he got paid and i'm sure there was some better options out there you know just just a point of fact uh just a point of fact for you guys the quarterback kenton his last season at wake forest was a wide receiver season but the previous seasons that he played quarterback he's only thrown eight touchdowns his entire career 
And this is like from 2015. That's not bad. You could probably throw like no, eight today. No, no, it was like over five years. What happens if he gets knocked out? If he has like a concussion? They Whoa. gonna have to bring somebody else, and Jerry Judy, one of them guys, right. gonna have to line up on the center. So I mean, he's the emergency quarterback, which I haven't heard about Denver reaching out to anybody to like have as a backup since they don't have any quarterbacks. But I would imagine they have somebody who's gonna be on the sidelines, like just in case. Where's you Blake know, because... Bortles right now? Yo, I actually saw um uh my guy, I follow him for political stuff, um, but he lives in Jacksonville, and he's yeah. always talking about Blake Bortles, <laughs> and he was saying he don't know why Denver didn't reach out to this guy. Yeah. I thought they did. I don't I know. I thought they him. did. I know he should be. That's who they should be rolling with right now. Blake Blake Bortles is ineligible to play Week 12. Maybe because of the COVID shit? Because of COVID? Kendall, Kendall Hinton. Elevated wide receiver. Yeah, so Blake Bortles is on the Broncos. He's just ineligible to play. Ah, so they did reach out then. Yeah, they're yeah, high, man, gonna, they're all deemed they're all deemed they're all deemed high risk because Jeff Driscoll was infected. So yeah. Rippin and Bortles, uh, because they were in close contact with um, with uh, Jeff Driscoll, they're all ineligible to play. Got you. Yeah. And it's just great. I mean, so, every team has an emergency quarterback just the same way they have an emergency, you know, kicker, you know, but I mean, nobody expects your entire depth chart at QB to be out in the same week. You know what I mean? And that's how you get to this, this hint. Yo, this nigga Julio Jones QB. is out. Dog. Oh, he needs to fucking retire. <laughs> He needs to fucking retire, dog. Like, Julio Jones is the shittiest good player of all time. Like, no question. This nigga never plays, dog. EJ, you're muted. I see your lips moving, though. I think that's AJ Green. (laughs) No, man. Julio's worse than AJ, man. This dude, how you healthy all week? (laughs) And then on Sunday, oh, my hamstring hurts. Yo, I hate this dude. I will never draft him again. It'll be the last round next year. If he's out there, he's not getting drafted. He's a piece of shit. They need to get Ryan right in there. Um, fuck, he, man. He means that, folks. I do. I mean, fuck Julio Jones forever. Sam Fran is going into the Rams. This is a divisional game. Uh, Sam Fran doesn't have anybody on offense. Uh, actually, no bullshit. They're saying Raheem Moster was uh, pulled back off of IR, but they don't know if he's going to play. Um, Debo Samuel is supposed to play this week. Oh, look at that! And uh, yeah, Rams. I think uh, Mullins. <laughs> I think Mullins. Rams. Rams. Rams for me as well. All right. This is actually the real game of the week. Uh, we got Kansas City coming into Tampa Bay. Tom and uh, Antonio Brown seem to have gotten together because Antonio Brown caught, I think, eight balls last, last week. Pause. Kansas City is Kansas City. Uh, but Tampa's defense, you know, they've been up and down highs and lows all year. 
they but they move they do look pretty decent. What do you guys think, man? You got the uh yellow kid or Tom Brady? I'm going I'm riding with uh with my homeboy here. He's shown that uh no lead is safe. <laughs> if there's any time on the clock, it's possible that you could lose. So true. Tom Brady, I'm right? With KC here. No. Wait, you said no lead. Thought you were talking about the goat. KC. You going KC <laughs> as well? Yeah. That's the sound goats make, right? I'm going Tampa Bay, baby. Let's go. Tampa Bay. Rolling with the goat. Tom Brady. All the way. Chicago is going into Green Bay. Did you say Trubisky starting, EJ? Yep. Is that true, or is that just the the book of EJisms? <laughs> wow. EJisms. What? Like the like the part of the book of EJisms that says Steve is an asshole. That's pretty true. I think that's that on is, every page. I think that's the, I think that's the <laughs> header. This is the header to each. It page. is the header and subheader of every page. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky was named the starter, bro. Nick Foles is hurt. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. He got blown the fuck up. Same Green Bay. Yo, I can't. I'm going. I'm going with Green Bay here. G Bizzles. Tavares. I'm gonna go Green Bay as well here. Mr. Bisky is fucking ass. But he's got something to play for right now. Mm, that shit is so. I mean, that's he might decent. still be there next year just because in terms of QB talent that's out there for upcoming draft, I don't I don't know of much available. So he might just hold on to that job just because depending on what happens in free agency and on on uh, on uh, other teams. But that guy's just, you know, he he's a uh, he's on a uh, borrowed time. Allen Robinson is going to catch a shitload of passes tonight. Yeah, actually, or, or, I mean, it's sad for Trubisky because Foles ain't really doing that much better, and they done paid this guy instead of investing in the dude you spent a first-rounder on. Like, shit's stupid. Yo, Julio Jones is a piece of shit, dog. But, yeah, but, I mean, you know, but part part of the issue, EJ, with, with Chicago, it goes back to the thing I was saying about the Jets with Gates, right? You look at uh, um, uh, Arizona. Arizona drafts Josh Rosen. They said this is going to be the guy. You spent a first-round pick on a quarterback. You know, I, I remember a saying from Herm Edwards when he used to be on ESPN. He says, when you draft a quarterback with a first-round pick, that's five years of your organization you're putting into this guy because he might not mm-hmm. start the first year. The second year when he actually does start, he's going to be shitty. That third mm-hmm. year, you're trying to see what he got. That fourth year, you're trying to give him just another shot. And if he's not there, that fifth year, you're going back in the draft to look for a quarterback again. And mm-hmm. Arizona drafted Josh Rosen. They said, "Woo, man, we, we missed that one. <laughs> you know, and then they came right back and took Kyle Murray, got rid of Rosen, and that team seems to be rolling. And it seems like they have their quarterback of the future. And other teams seem to not be able to do that. And I'm not saying everybody can go out and just draft a, a, a quarterback first round and say, yeah, fuck that guy. Let's get another quarterback. But 
at some point you have to be willing to say, man, we really missed on this one, you know, because we, they do it with receivers and running backs and, and offensive linemen all the time or whatever. And I know the quarterback is a more important position, but you know, when you miss, you miss. And, you know, uh, uh, some people got it and some people don't. And based on everything that I see, Trubisky don't got it based on what EJ sees, who actually played the sport, although, you know, not in the NFL, but he played, right. He got, he has some vision. He don't got it. <laughs> it's time to I, think, fucking move on. I think Trubisky has some flashes, but yeah, I mean, I didn't think he was that good in Carolina. So I didn't really see what they saw. I mean, I saw the arm talent, but also again, I think Andrew Luck, RG3 kind of ruined the position for people because they had so much success coming in their rookie season. Everybody's thinking that these guys are going to be microwave and ready to go. Hence why you're seeing later down the line, guys start to play a little bit better as they get older, i.e. Tannehill and the situations make, you know, they, they make a little bit of difference for that. You know, Fitzpatrick is somehow maintained a job for years, but he, you know, he had the noodle arm uh, stigma and everything, but then he comes out with the Jets and throws 30 touchdowns in 2015. And since then, he's been getting work, you know. So I, I think some of these guys just play faster and develop faster than others. And it's about, like you said, what is your team building around them and what do you have to get them through this process, you know. Mitch might be a good guy one day later. We never know. Yeah, with with age, quarterbacks tend to get better um, in the league. I think, EJ, you've said that in the past as well. At and least and, I and I'm, willing, mm-hmm, I'm, yeah. willing to con- I'm willing to concede those points. But let me ask you the question this way. <laughs> Based on yeah. what you've seen from Mitch Trubisky, do you think it's worth it to find out if he's going to get better with age? <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah. For absolutely. That might need one. Yeah. If you're Denver Broncos right now, <laughs> you might be looking at him next year. Just to have on a roster, you know. Mark Andrews is on uh COVID nineteen. Yeah. Bellage, he's a type one diabetic. Sheesh. Is he? That's gonna yeah. I saw when I saw the story about Andrews, they did mention that he's a type one diabetic. Oof, no, and they, they had a story that came out. Uh, I thought it, I think it was Friday. I want to say that said that um, they're finding that one of the underlying conditions that hurt people the most with COVID is diabetes and obesity. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. while he's not obese, you know he's a world class athlete. He's a type one diabetic, and that could be really fucking dangerous for this guy. Yep, they uh. Okay, let's finish these picks. And then I saw another story I want to talk about briefly and see if you heard anything about it. Seattle is playing Philly in Philly on Monday night. Um, what you guys got? Seattle. <sighs> Ugh, it's Philly. Um, damn. I want to say Philly in Philly. Uh, somehow, but damn, um, give me Philly, man. I, that'll be my bold pick. You took Seattle, right? EJ or Vari? Correct. Me too. Philly sucks. Um, 
Baltimore and Pittsburgh is slated for Tuesday, but they keep getting cases and cases and cases. This is starting to look like that Tennessee game uh, earlier in the season that just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So it's supposed to be played Tuesday. Not sure if it will. Baltimore's two best players and Mark Andrews and um, Lamar both are on COVID-19. Um, and if they let them play on Tuesday, the NFL deserves to be shut the fuck down, like all the way the fuck down, if they let them play. But uh, I'll come off my soapbox again. I'm going Pittsburgh without those guys. I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well. Pittsburgh. Um, I, I want to see RG3 starting in Baltimore. I was going to pick Pittsburgh anyway, but regardless, um, give me Pittsburgh. Got you. Did you guys see um, that the NFL no. sent in? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna just say real quick on some on some NFL news since we were talking about NFL. I didn't I didn't know if you were gonna switch the topic or not. No, but uh, the Saints were fined uh, uh, five hundred thousand dollars as an organization, and they lose their seventh round pick for their post game celebration um, with no mask and things like that. And also, um, Adam Schefter is reporting that. If any of these games like Pittsburgh versus uh, Ravens have to be uh, uh, forfeited because of COVID or whatever reason, it actually turns out based on the uh, collective bargaining agreement that the NFL has with the players, the players actually will not be paid. And I think that that is totally fucked up. I get it in normal circumstances, but it's not like the players are choosing not to play or something like that. Like we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic or whatever. And I think it's fucked up that they won't be paid if a game has to be uh, uh, postponed or not postponed, but uh, forfeited. So we've talked about this before. And while I, I get where you're coming from and I can even say that I'm slightly uh, in agreement with you. I also disagree because they are a their fraternity, right? And the team, your teammates, right? And if you know the consequences of this shit, just be careful. Like, cut the shit. You know what I mean? Like, they, it's not like they had one or two. Like, we've seen other teams where they've had one or two players. They've been able to play and so on, right? You got 18 fucking cases. You're not going to tell me that's just by chance, dog. And, and it's possible that it was. There's a slight chance that it was. But in my mind, 18 cases on a team makes me feel like somebody was being very irresponsible and it led to it. Do they deserve their money? I can agree with you. You know, I, I can agree to disagree on this one. But I do feel like if you got that many cases, it wasn't just a, a oops. You know what I mean? Oops. The, you know, the bus driver had it, you know, <laughs> like Tennessee tried to tell us fucking bullshit. I, I got him. I got him, EJ. I got him. So so that was the exact point that I was coming to is that the Tennessee Titans had an outbreak on their team because of a bus driver, which is a workplace issue. It's a structural issue that the workplace, i.e. The, the, the NFL who sets the rules, as well as the Tennessee Titans organization who contracts with the bus drivers and, and you know, uh, 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 people who, who they um, uh, charter the flights from and things like that. So, so that's mean? not a not a, a player thing, you know. Um, but I think this also goes to one of the points that EJ um, has made in previous episodes and that I wholeheartedly agree with. Something like this goes to the point of how weak and ineffectual 
the NFL Players Union is. They have the weakest union in sports. For a league that is valued the highest, the players take the most risk. Their union is almost fucking useless. And when they decided to have the season, the players through their union should have went into the league and said from the jump, this shit ain't happening. If games got to get canceled, we still need to be paid. Non-negotiable, you know. And if the NFL, you know, didn't want to do it, you know, hey, cash me outside. I'm in agreement because we don't know. It, it, with this kind of thing, it's hard to say where it came from. You know, we could talk about, you know, guys maybe being irresponsible. We don't, We never know. You know, people might actually be somewhat responsible. They could have a spouse who's a nurse at home who then comes home and gives it to them or the strength and conditioning coach or, you know. Um, but 18 people is a lot. And, you know, they when these guys signed on to take this risk, which I think is rewarding in itself, the league should be paying them if they if they opted out you know you'd be paying them anyway so i don't understand their 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 uh move for for repercussion here unless they know something that we don't know which they're not going to be forthcoming about anyway which it'll probably wind up being their fault somehow well they never they never said that they that they're not paying them. They said that if it gets canceled, they're not paying. So it hasn't come to, it hasn't happened. And it's, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, when you're talking, it sounds like you're talking to the point that they, they said they're not going to pay them. Right. Um, but that, I mean, it's part of the agreement. That's a collective bargaining agreement. Right. And if, and guess what? You have the power as the fucking player, just like the NBA did in the bubble. You have the fucking power when, when, you know, Shit went nasty in the NBA, and there was another fucking uh, cop shooting. They they halted that shit. They're like, guess what? We're not fucking playing until further notice. And they took three, four days off, right? The NFL, the players, you are just as important to that league as anybody else. And if you can't come together, um, you know, to to make that kind of determination or that kind of have that kind of bargaining, then hey, that that's part of the, that's a contract. You signed the contract. That's what you're paying for. NBA, CBA, and NFL, CBA is a little different leverage-wise, but I, I get what your point is. Did you guys see that the NFL sent a letter saying that all um, NFL facilities have to shut down on Monday? Monday and Tuesday, right? Yeah. What was what was that about? Do you guys know the deets? From, the... from my understanding... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, from from my understanding, it has to do with basically seeing what's happened with um, uh, the Ravens. You had, um, I think it's two players on Pittsburgh. You had the post-game thing happening uh, in, in New Orleans. It seems like the rules that the NFL, the protocols they put in place, are, ne- are not necessarily being followed uh, uh, to the letter. And I think that they're shutting down the kind of get shit in order, you know, do a deep clean, make sure everything's all good, you know, before uh, uh, resuming. So my understanding of it is just kind of a, a totality of everything that's been happening the last week or so with COVID in the NFL and them trying to get a handle on it. 
I think they were saying also in the sense that the country's numbers have influenced their decision making because things are continuing to trending uh, trend upwards and they kind of need to get a better handle on what they're doing. I, I just think it's I think it's nothing to see here. Um, yeah, I think they're just I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, because even if they do that. Are they going to still resume games week thirteen? And if you if you shut down facilities, but you're still planning to play week thirteen, and I don't I don't, you know what I mean I don't know what they're doing. They may be just trying to get one day to get ahead of things. I don't know, but yeah. So I think that was partially my question. Like, was they um and my thoughts right? Is this a Monday Tuesday just this week? Or do they plan on saying, hey, every week moving forward on Monday and Tuesday, we need to shut the shit. We, you, you can't have activities, right? Which doesn't make sense to me if they were thinking like that, you know, every Monday, Tuesday. Um, but if that's not the case, <laughs> one week ain't going to fucking do it, dog. Yeah, and, and they could be looking at it, too. Like, if the team plays Sunday and Monday, you guys get a day to see how the tests shake out without anyone being in close quarters. And if somebody needs to be isolated, then maybe they can be without getting everybody else um, infected. But yeah, I don't know. This is another example of of people who are supposed to be smart um, and making millions to be smart doing something that seemingly makes no sense, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let me get back to our topic and, and list. real quick, Steve. Uh, this motherfucker. You know, always wait till I pause. <laughs> it, to, to EJ's point about, you know, these are supposed to be people who are smart, et cetera, right? And I know that they talked about how a bubble situation for the NFL probably doesn't work because they all play their games on the same day at the same times and that and it's not enough fields and that kind of thing like that, right? You know how many fields are in Florida? Things, Go ahead, sorry. Well, but there are things that the NFL could have done to create a somewhat bubble-like situation, right? Where, you know, it's not optimal, but there's all these empty hotels where they could have had players and their family, you know, go to these hotels and, and live there, basically, to keep them isolated from, you know, everything. And then they just travel from the hotel to the game or from the hotel to the airport to fly out, you know, to Seattle or wherever they got to go and then come back. And then that way, everybody else who's be, who's interacting with each other, you know, players, you know, uh, on field people, et cetera, are all in this, you know, somewhat semi bubble or something like that. And I get that the players would have had to agree to do it and they probably didn't want to do something like that. But there are things that they could have done, I think, that would have made this NFL situation a lot better um um than it has been and i'm not you know there's not a lot of news out there on on what they try to do but what they've been doing doesn't seem like enough uh, steve steve brought up this point from the beginning about the whole bubble but the the problem was the players didn't want to do it you know so they really took on a large part of the risk here and i mean all things considered we got 12 weeks in we didn't think we were gonna get one at one point yeah, that's a good point. 
That's a good point. There's tons of time. I mean, and I think we're still, I think they're still going to play. Um, it's just these numbers are jumping. More and more teams are seeing cases. And now you saw, you finally, we finally saw a star in Lamar Jackson, um, you know, test positive and Mark Andrews even still, right? I mean, he, he's not superstar status like quarterback, but at the tight end position, he is number four, maybe five. He's top five, you know, top three. At the tight end position. Three. Yeah, I guess it depends who you, you are. You got Travis Kelsey, then who else? George Kittle. Then him. Yeah, this year he's had a bad year, but I can I can get on board with that. Yeah, I can roll with that. But yeah, definitely. He's in there. You know, that's that's the big point. Yeah, I could say he's three. Um and, and also, Steve, with your point about Lamar Jackson, I think we need to qualify that a little bit. If he is a star, however, he's black. So let's not discount that. Yeah, but yeah, but he's no. I mean, I mean, he was choppy when he said that. I didn't hear him. He's black. No, I was, I was saying that Lamar Jackson is black. You know, so while he's a star and he has COVID, I don't know if the NFL says, "Yeah, Lamar Jackson got it. We got to shut this shit down." You know, take it seriously or whatever. You know, so I don't think that was the the basis of it. I don't think they were like, "Oh shit, Lamar Jackson!" Like, and I don't think they would have done it for Tom Brady either, but. I'm thinking if you look at it in totality, if you're thinking you're looking at shit, this whole team, including a superstar, um, you know, plus you had Indy who had two players. You had this team that had a scattered bunch. You had this team that had a scattered bunch all in the same week. And our cases are going up and, you know, holiday season. Right. So Thanksgiving being, you know, recent and, you know, travel was higher than not higher, but as high as normal, maybe 10, they said only 10% decline in travel from uh, what we normally see, which is two weeks from now is going to be, we're going to see those numbers skyrocket like crazy. And then Christmas is going to be just as bad, if not worse. Um, I think all of that taken together is, uh, is what put us there for sure. Yeah, for sure. I was watching, um, kind of getting into our, you know what we watch, what we've been watching, type thing. I watch. I don't know if you guys watch um, Letterman. You watch the Letterman shows on Netflix. Um, he has the sit downs with them. I forget what the exact title of it is. Oh, this person needs no introduction. He only has like big, big name people in there, and and I was I've never watched it until recently, and I saw that they had posted the Kim Kardashian one. And I watched that one and I actually enjoyed it. And so then I went back in, I went into Netflix the other day and I noticed that they, that he did one with um, Dave Chappelle. And um, that one was very, very, very good. You guys should definitely go ahead and watch it. He speaks on his reasoning for actually not doing or from walking away from the, uh, the show in the, in slight detail. Right. So you kind of know what, what was happening. Like for me, for us, we can, understand what what took place there um based on what he says but um i'm gonna go back and watch some of the other ones man i think it's like you know how seinfeld had his little whack getting coffee with people comedians and in a car and shit um but i think this is a hundred times better this one is i mean these these have been really good i'm gonna go back and watch i know he sat down with jay-z um apparently he sat down with lizzo Uh, i'm not interested in that one but he had a he had a bunch of them that he sat down with people and um oh he sat down with Obama he had one with Obama so 
Uh, I'm interested in going back and watching these. Definitely want to see that. But um, what kind of made me think of that is, uh, you know, the Dave Chappelle one. I do want to go to the city where where he is from in Ohio, where he actually lives, just based on him giving an outlook of how that city is running right now. And I, I really don't want to ruin it for you guys. I want you guys to go watch it. It's good. It's only an hour, if that. But um, kind of speaking to it, man, Dave Chappelle has been in the media um, you know, they did him dirty with the Chappelle show, got it over to Netflix. People decided to kind of, uh, boycott it and Netflix took it down, you know, um, shout out to Netflix for that because they have a contract with him, right? They had a contract with him for those, those standups. They're doing business with him. It doesn't make sense for them to do dirty business and take his show regardless of, you know, what the monetary would have been on that. Um, but, uh, you know, He's been in the news lately, and we had some debates on our greatest uh, comedians, some of our great comedians of the past. And I just want to kind of kind of want to get into that with you guys and, you know, just discuss briefly how you guys feel on the comedian front, on the comedic front, who your who your Mount Rushmore would be. Give me your comedic Mount Rushmore. Eddie Murphy. Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Richard Pryor. Uh, who am I missing? Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Richard Pryor. Who am I missing? I can't say Dave Chappelle for me. Damn. Um, maybe. Damn, that's a that that fourth one is is tough for me. Um, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment because I feel like a lot of people right now are prisoners of the moment with Dave Chappelle out excluding you, Steve, in a sense that you seem to I've been a fan of his for a long time, but he wasn't always up this high for me. But you haven't ever been a fan of his. You've always hated him. You always said that he only appealed to white people. I never hated That's him. That's not how, a fan. How how does how does one thing equate the other? That doesn't. You, you're not making sense. I didn't say I hated him. One, I, I Half Baked is one of my favorite movies of all time. I can literally well, tell you every line. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I don't. That's his comedy. It's his. It's a but product you always of his comedy. Said he's not funny. You're like he's not funny. He only appeals I never, to white people. I never said that either. But you can't say you're a fan. Never, you have said. I that. never you said, said that on either. the pod. I you never said, said he's not on funny. The podcast. I've never said he's not funny. Nobody's ever said that. I said yeah, a lot of his comedy. Other episodes. I, I said I, a lot I of his comedy. Once or twice. Are you going? Are you going to let somebody tell you you're just going to be on Dave's dick right now? I said oh, a lot of his comedy because you don't like him. No, I never said I don't like him. Again, you're pulling shit out of your ass. Now you like him. I didn't even get to say. Now you've been a yet. fan of his for a long time. I haven't got to say anything yet. You did say that. You just said you were. I said I, I. I said Half Baked is one of my favorite movies of all time. What I said again See, was Trump, a lot of his like comedy. Fact checking. What a lot of his comedy has been early on in his career. It was appealing to white, seemingly with his style of comedy. He's talking that, about white people. <laughs> what are you talking about? It appeals to white people. I'm not saying it, it's not funny. I'm saying largely a lot of his comedy was centered around white people and white jokes. Okay. Again, prior to recent times, I don't have 
any stand-ups that stand out for me that was real a favorite for me from him. I like the movies, the show. Recently, his stand-ups have been amazing. Prior to recent times, I can't say that his stand-ups can compare to uh, Chris Rock's, that can compare to Eddie Murphy's best ones, that can compare to Richard Pryor's best ones. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying dude is not funny. I'm saying prior to, uh, uh, prior to recently, I can't say many of his stand-ups could go up against those. That's what I'm saying. Mari, who's on your Mount Rushmore since since EJ's be fucking flip flopping like a fucking you just you just like mad a, like motherfuckers talk about Dave you you defend him like Jordan no oh, yeah, that's right you like, did you say like you did say Dave Chappelle true. you just you did say Dave Chappelle is your Michael Jordan Dave Chappelle's a goat in my opinion Dave Chappelle's so. a goat all around. Not, not. I'm not just talking about just stand-ups. You're talking about just getting in front of a hundred people for 45 minutes twice. Was uh, Eddie Murphy's? Eddie Murphy had two really good ones. So you got an hour and a half of really good Eddie Murphy stuff. You, I mean, Dave Chappelle gave you 33 episodes, an hour long, every fucking week. Not, not like once a year for 33 years. This is weekly. This is. Every week he gave you something in addition to stand-ups, in addition to movies. Come on, man. You're not gonna tell me that this so, dude isn't isn't a to, to to Steve's point, and I, I already it's like the future. I see a rebuttal coming from Steve. This <laughs> gets into like when you get when you get into like those debates when people talk about don't start the LeBron thing versus like you know, like a Jay-Z or Pac or whatever, when you got two albums versus an entire body of work you know what i mean when you when you're talking about an Eddie mm. murphy versus like good a point. Chappelle. good point keep oh, going wow. no pushback from steve wow holy shit so <laughs> but for me oh you I would say, you wanted me to you wanted me to bring up i know what you want me no. to say i'm not gonna say you're okay. not beating me so, on this one barry <laughs> so for me i'm gonna go uh richard Pryor. I'm gonna go um, Eddie Murphy. I'm gonna go Chappelle, and I know you guys like this guy. You may not agree here, but I love George Carlin, man. For Fox, EJ, I'm not discounting Fox. I've actually never seen any of Fox's stand up, so I don't. I only know him from Sanford and Son, or like from like you know Harlem Night stuff like that. I've never seen any of his yeah. stand up stuff. I respect Red Fox and. You know, I what I see Red Fox as, like I said, partially um, is and, and even Pry Richard Pryor, but Richard Pryor, I think, is more relevant. Right. And, and so I'm thinking of and I put it into basketball. Right. You got that age of comedians, Red Fox, Richard Pryor back then when they were you had the. uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, you had the, um, uh, God damn it. Fucking lost my whole train of thought on that one. But I, you I, have, I do you oh. one better, Steve. I, I do you one better. For, for Don't do five. it. Remember, remember a, like a couple of months ago, or not even a couple of months, or like six weeks ago or so, when, uh, when C.T. Vivian died? 
and people were saying, man, this guy was so huge in the in the civil rights movement. You know what he did? He did this, da 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 da. But I didn't know who C.T. Vivian was. I know John Lewis, you know, Martin Luther King, guys like that, right? Right. I kind of put Red Fox in, in a category like that, where he may have been big in comedy, where, you know, it's like, yo, you didn't know about da-da-da-da-da, but we know about Pryor. You know about Eddie Murphy and, and all these other guys, where he may have been a legend in the game, but I don't know his work like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I put those guys in the Walt Frazier's, the um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. Those are the Larry John, or I'm sorry, uh, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson days. Like those guys are the goats to some people, and those, and I'm talking basketball too. Those guys are the goats for some people that got to watch them play regularly, actively, etc. Then I put, you know, Eddie Murphy, Martin. I put those guys in the nineties era, right? The Clyde Drexler's, um, you know, the Jordans, the Patrick Ewings. And then now, you know, for me, Dave Chappelle, I feel like played in that era. He kind of, to me is like, you know, a, a LeBron or Kobe type of thing, right? Where he came from behind and he's, he's played in that era. So he was, he was around when those guys were around and he's still relevant to this day even more relevant now than he was back then when those guys, when some of those guys were around, right. Um, Martin, Eddie Murphy and so on. And when you're talking about career wise for me, for Chappelle, I don't see a decline in his career. I don't see a downtime in his career. You know, he had a, a time where, and, and I'm, when I say down, I mean down in, in pro product, uh, what he was putting out as opposed to um, not volume, uh, but, you know, the quality of it. And so for me, I feel like, and he's getting better still, you know, he's still doing a lot. He's still giving us a lot of funny shit. Um, he's still regarded by many, many people. And um, so when I'm looking at career wise, that's what I see there. Eddie Murphy has some of the greatest standups ever with delirious and raw. Those are probably two of the best standups of all time. Chris Rock had a couple uh, good ones. I forget the name of the one where he had the big CR in the back where it was uh, Royal Blue. And bigger, um, and blacker. bigger, better, bigger blacker. and blacker. I think that was my favorite one of his. And that one was hilarious. Um, and obviously, you know, you had Martin who had great ones too. You're so crazy and so on. Right. Um, but like Dave Chappelle, just he, he crushes everything right his stand-ups are cru were crushes his movies were crushes his tv show that he had was 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 a crush um you know and and you know i just feel like to me he he is for me he's one of the goats and to me he's the goat um he's the best person he's the best one now if i'm talking about my um my rushmore i do have him i have uh eddie murphy is on my rushmore i do have richard pryor on my rushmore um and I can respect uh, George Carlin, definitely, Vari. I, I, I like George Carlin a lot um, because he was a realist, He, you know, and kept it funky all the time. But I think my fourth one, man, to me, it's Bernie Mac. But that's, again, that's my personal preference. I feel like Bernie Mac, like Biggie, to your your analogy, if Bernie Mac didn't pass away, forget about it. I think we we got a lot out of him, but I think we could have gotten 
so much more out of Bernie Mac. Like, dude was just he was just different to me. So when you're talking about Mount Rushmore, you know, and you're talking about a Red Fox, you you gotta you gotta cover time spans, and I think this is what Steve was talking about. And while we all weren't around, it is it's up to us to go back and do the research. And when I go back and I listen to the prior tapes and and I watch the stuff and I listen to Red Fox stuff, his shit is still extremely funny to this day if you go listen to it. And then his impact on comedians being one of the first to have a syndicated uh, TV show, being one of the first to be as raw as he was and cross boundaries. Even you listen to any of these comedians, they all say Red Fox is on their Mount Rushmore. So it's kind of like when the when the when the athletes speak about who their goat or their goats are, you gotta take mention of the person that they're talking about. Richard Pryor falls in line with the same formula because he's one of the second people to come back, have TV experience, the movies, you know, from from car wash to uh so many others, then the stand-ups, some of his stand-ups, if you go watch them today, are extremely funny. And then his influence on the Eddie Murphys, which Eddie Murphy had two of, I think if you're going to say top five stand-ups of all time, one of them is definitely on there. Then his impact on culture, the movies, just the run of movies. This dude had 20 plus years run of movies, whether they're family, whether they're comedy, whatever it is. Um, And when I get to Dave Chappelle, I think, his his show was one of the funniest sitcoms you're ever gonna see. Um, one of his, like I said, one of the fa- one of my favorite movies is Half Baked. I don't really have an, a, a a true affinity, or or do I put his previous stand ups in the likes of others? For me, um, I can't think of another movie that stood out outside of Half Baked just because I can't think of it right now. But I think going forward. If you're talking about this generation and what he is doing now, you know, people are going to put him up there because he's got the he's got the heat right now. You know, he's going forward. He's got the heat. I'm with Steve personally. Bernie Mac, to me, was one of the funniest dudes around like ever, 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 ever. But he passed away. So, I mean, I would probably put him up there as well for me. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. I can't think of, again, for me, like Dave Chappelle's stand-ups recently have been better than any of the ones he's had in the past to me. I can't I can't recall outside of Half-Baked either what other movie of his was one of my favorites um, that I can think of right now. But And, yeah. and EJ, I'm, I'm not discounting anything that you said in terms of uh, uh, Red Fox. My issue is just simply that besides like Sanford and Son, you know, in huh? I said familiarity. Yeah, it's just that I'm, I'm not familiar with all the work outside of Sanford and Son, but I'm not discounting anything that you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, you like we all were kids or not even, we all weren't one born when Red Fox or uh, Richard Pryor were in their prime, right? So, like I said, I've gone back to watch these things and see, you know, like Red Fox, a lot of his stuff was uh, audio. Um, Richard Pryor's 
stand-up joints in the 70s were, I mean, to this day, if you go watch them and you do the due diligence to, to hear them, them shits are still amazingly funny. And I just look at that aspect when, you, when you're judging the guy all the way around. Do they have a stand-up that is memorable? Is it, you know, and, and Richard Pryor joints are one of their, like, first of their kind. You know what I'm saying? So I think Dave Chappelle, I, you would be a hater not to talk about his impact going forward. I think just as a prisoner of the moment, for me, somebody who really looks into that kind of stuff, like I said, he's got one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't say that Killing Me Softly was one that I would put up amongst the greats. Steve, oh, I think I is- love Killing Me Softly. Steve, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that it's not funny. I'm saying I wouldn't put it against a Raw. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't put it against prior stuff, you know, or, or some of his big things. Um, but, like, it's something that a true fan of his, like Steve, is going to take to the bank. But you can't deny what the Chappelle show was, and you can't deny what he's doing. Even if right now, if you're not enamored by everything, you can't deny what he's doing financially and in a position of leverage and power for the artist going forward. So his impact on the game right now is undeniable as it's going forward. You can't deny that. Absolutely, no, no doubt. And, you know, for me, like when we're talking about like, like the comedians, I was doing it more in terms of like stand up and not necessarily like like to me like the shows and movies and that kind of thing. That kind of stuff is is uh, is gravy to me. But because with that stuff is scripted and you can do multiple takes and make it as funny as possible, right? Whereas you know with a stand up on the night that I mean I, you know these guys are touring and then they decide. You know, when I go the show that I do at Atlanta or the show that I do, you know, at Radio City Music Hall in, in New York or, or wherever they decide to do it, this is the one that's going to be filmed for the special on HBO or whatever. Right. Or, or, or you know, wherever it comes out at Netflix these days, um, even though it's taped or whatever, at the same time, it's, it's live, you know, so anything could happen. You know what I mean? And so I was looking at it more from a standpoint of like the standups and not necessarily the other works that I consider to just kind of be like gravy. You know what I mean? Those came as a result of how good the standup was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, raw standups like that, definitely going to put Eddie Murphy and Martin at my top of the list. If we're talking just standups, um, Eddie Murphy, Martin, it my, it my it changes my my rush more completely it changes my rush more completely and um and even shit cat williams makes his way into my tops when we start talking about stand-ups because stand-up wise dude was hilarious yeah. anytime i see him um so yeah so it i mean but either way right it's comedy excellence is black excellence most of these guys um you know they put on for for our culture and um you know good to hear either way vp what is he doing <laughs> i'm talking to tj do we need to see 
<laughs> Do we have anything going on in uh we have anything in politics going on right now that's uh that's big? Um the only uh big uh political news happening thus far um on the uh president elect uh Biden uh VP elect Harris administration they're starting to roll out uh their team. Uh so far they've uh, uh announced um the majority of the national security team uh, uh, Secretary of Treasury, the guy who's going to be Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, his National Security Advisor, uh, um, the uh, uh, Director of National Intelligence, you know, spots like that. Uh, this coming week, I believe on Tuesday, he's going to roll out some of his economic team. Uh, Janet Yellen, who is the former uh, Federal Reserve Chairwoman, as well as uh, she was the head of the Council of Economic Advisors at one point is expected to be nominated as the incoming Treasury Secretary. And that's kind of all we have from the uh, uh, that's leaked out for the finance or, or for the uh, uh, economic team. Um, other than that, on the other side of things with Trump, Trump is still in his attempt to try to steal the election. At this point, he's trying to talk to individual state legislators uh, in the various swing states to try to get them to overrule the will of their voters. Um, he's trying this in, in Pennsylvania. He's trying it in, in uh, Michigan, in Georgia. Um, and there are some state legislators who are actually, you know, with him on this saying that we need to choose the electors. There were, there were all this, there was this, all this fraud and, you know, you can't trust these results and that kind of thing like that. Um, even the uh, Republican Secretary of State of Georgia, who is a Republican, he says that he voted for Trump. His wife voted for Trump. He's donated money to Trump's campaign. And Trump has essentially called him the enemy of the people because he certified the election in Georgia for Joe Biden because he said numbers don't lie. Joe Biden won the state. It's my job as the top elections official in the state of Georgia to certify the election. And it just goes to show you that Trump will ask you for everything and will give you nothing. And this guy staked his reputation and everything else on Trump. And at the end of the day, Trump stabbed him right in his fucking back, just as he's done every other person that he's interacted with, whether it was in business or in politics. I saw an update yesterday. They said something like he spent $2 million in Michigan and Biden gained votes in the recount. <laughs> Correct. That was in uh um that was, was in no no it was in Wisconsin. So in Wisconsin if if the uh election is if the if the margin of victory is less than one percentage point, the mm-hmm. can the losing candidate can request a recount. However, the state doesn't pay for the recount. The campaign has to pay for it. So instead of asking for a full statewide recount, which would have cost us $7 million, they asked for a recount in Madison County and Milwaukee County. It's going to surprise you here. So hold on to your seat. Don't drink any water because I don't want you to do a spit take. But these two counties are where most of the black people in Wisconsin live who voted Democratic. So <laughs> surprise. Um, so they asked for a recount only in those two counties instead of the entire state. The recount costed about $3 million. And after the recount in Milwaukee County was concluded, it actually turned out that Biden's vote margin increased by 132 votes. So he paid $3 million to expand Biden's lead 
by 132 votes. I'm telling you. Good job, Trump. Smartest guy out there. Smartest guy in the yeah. room. <laughs> you guys been watching anything new? Um, oh, man. The undoing, me. baby. Tonight. Yeah, I can't. Oh. I can't wait. Um, but as far as new, uh, last night, uh, me and my wife watched uh, this Netflix joint. It's called uh, Always Be My Maybe, like Always Be My Baby, like the Mariah Carey song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. That's kind we of talked weird. about yeah, that we, a long time ago. Yeah, that's old. And you said oh, you were going to watch it, oh, you old. piece of shit. You lied. Oh, well, I, I did. <laughs> you know, I did. When oh, I say shit. I'm going to do something, I do it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> only a year later. God. Right. right. Well, we what watched that scumbag. last night. And uh, I thought it was very funny, man. I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. Yo, thought you're was late funny. as fuck, bro. Did anybody tell this guy he's a scumbag? Someone tell him he's a scumbag. Yo, I know we talked about this last year. Talk, we talked about this on like episode twenty. <laughs> that was sixty episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, I think we News talked flash. about this before COVID. I'm almost yeah, sure of it. Definitely, definitely. you're a scumbag, Barry. I want you to know that. Seven times. Oh wow! Oh wow! It definitely, it definitely came out in, in 2019. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think well, we hashtagged it and it. everything. I watched. Well, it. give us your well, take I, on I, it. I thought it was. I thought it was very. Uh, I thought it was very funny. Um, the uh, the Keanu Reeves restaurant scene had me dying laughing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good, man. It was it was pretty for for a movie to have a lot of, you know, not big name uh, uh, actors and actresses. I I thought it was it was very funny, very well done. Yeah, they did a good job on it. Yeah, it was yeah. a good one. And then uh, then I got now. the Undoing tonight. Oh, um, I can't, although I, can't I don't know how much we're gonna get into it. Steve made a prediction a couple episodes ago, based on the last scene of last week's episode. It looks like that prediction is on its way to becoming true. But, Steve, the only caveat I'll give is that this show has done a very good job of making us think as everybody. You know, I watch right. an episode, I'm like, it was the husband. I'm watching another episode, it was Grace. Oh, it might have been the the um the Spanish husband. Maybe it's the friend, the Grace. dad. Shit. I, I, I'm not... I, I'm not even letting that baby slide. It could have been her. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta watch. I, is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, extended tonight. EJ, you've been watching anything? I'm gonna pull up HBO while I look. Well, you know, EJ's scene. only seen one scene at the 18 minute mark. Uh, he's probably watched that scene every week <laughs> at the 18 minute mark. <laughs> oh, undoing is on. <laughs> Let me get right to the 18 minute mark. Absolutely. <laughs> no question. Uh just just the TV shows that I talked about that have come back, uh, return to TV, like um uh All Rise, which is a, a judge show. Oh, I want to watch uh, SWAT uh came back. The Chicago Chicago shows came back. Um and the four life joint with uh 50 cent production. Uh, that that's progressing on, so we'll see how that goes. And all of these shows have kind of done their spin with COVID and, right? Excuse me, racial tension. 
and all different types of stuff. Um, I started watching Ghosts of War on Netflix, but I was watching it like five this morning, and I was like, if I'm gonna make this pod, I need to go sleep. Um, so I gotta I gotta watch that. No, nah, I mean I was the problem is I went to sleep. The problem the fuck the problem is uh I, I, the problem is I went to sleep at like 10 something, so I woke up like five something. Uh... <laughs> this guy. Uh so yeah, um I want to get back into watching Ghosts of War, but it seems to be like a World War II film, and it has some raw parts in it, but it seems to deal with something like with a platoon dealing with like a haunted type situation. So I'm going to get back into it, see what it was all about. But it was kind of raw from what I started to see at first, but I don't know that I'm going to like it, but we'll see. I watched... um christmas rush on netflix it is on it it's a uh a black casted christmas movie uh based in new york where he's a uh radio dj and it gets um the radio station fires him and he's working on opening up another but they're there's a lot more to it as kids are spoiled little brats and they're rich and it's a pretty it's a it's a feel good movie man um it'll put you in christmas spirit uh movie acting could have been a little bit better but pretty still a decent movie um what's his name what's his name uh the black i never knew his name no, but i just remember him being from 40 year old virgin yeah <laughs> he's one of those guys that that's in so many movies and you forget he was in uh how to think or think like a man uh yep he's been in all them joints i just never really knew his name yeah uh, uh romani uh romani malco yes romani malco yeah yeah that guy so he's been around a while though he has and he's never a main character never he's always a nope. supporting guy and this one he was a main character and i thought he did pretty good in this film um I thought he did okay, and uh, yeah, it's just a feel. It was a feel good movie, definitely something good to watch. I did start this other one just because I, I thought it had something to do. I didn't think it had to do with Marvel, but I thought it was some type of sp- spinoff. Started it on uh, Netflix. It's called Ragnarok. Um, mm. I got about halfway through episode one. I'm gonna go back to it. It's about. Uh, it's in. I think it's Germany. Right, you know. Um, and it's some kids that go back to the two kids. They, they move back to this, uh, town. He apparently is given, uh, some power by an old lady that he's unfamiliar with. And, um, you know, they go to school and it looks like it was getting good, but, uh, I had to stop watching because I was in the middle of something. So I might go back and finish that first episode to get a full understanding of what it is. Um, but it looked like it was starting off pretty good. Oh, um, also, Steve, I went ahead and finished off um, uh, Wentworth. Finished off ah. the season eight, or I don't know if it's, I don't know if the next one it comes back is going to be like side two of season eight or whatever, but I, I did. The B sides? Um, I did finish that off. Um, one thing I was a little bit disappointed in, which is something I've been disappointed in in Wentworth from the very start, given that this show is about a women's prison. Um, oh, here we is, go. <laughs> the, uh, the the lack of boobage 
you know. Um, why he always? Why he always bury his scumbaggery into right about the two hour mark when people stop listening? This nigga ain't never. <laughs> he's never the bad guy in the first five minutes of the pod like us. Two hours in, he want to start being scumbag. I'm gonna start making clips of this shit and posting it on our fucking Instagram. I agree. So I agree. Yeah, there, there was, there was definitely a lack. There was definitely a lack of boobage in there, especially with that new character, the new black character. You know. Um, <laughs> also, mad you know, you know something I noticed about the show, Steve, and this What's is what that? actually made me notice the lack of boobage. Well, you know how like when a show starts and they tell you uh, this is rated, you know, whatever, because of, you know, uh, uh, explicit language or nudity or whatever. Right. Right. So when the show starts, it says it's rated for mature because of um, uh, nudity. Right. And right. so I'm watching the scene. And I'm like, I'm watching, watching, watching. And you know what the scene was? There was a scene. Remember, remember when the black chick does the drugs and she starts like freaking out because she was doing like LSD or some shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The young, yes, 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 yes. So when she, when when the lady gets her to calm down, she lays in the bed and she has a tank top on, and you see like a little bit of side boob. That's it. Hell, he's hot. <laughs> He's mad as shit. <laughs> it's Australia, dog. <laughs> He's big mad. Right. Yeah, man. I'd like, like, what I the hell you rate this fat for if you ain't giving us no boobs? Right. I need this shit to be on the French model. You know what I mean? Like like in, in France, they had uh, Fifty Shades of Grey rated PG-13. That's how they get down <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how they do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could you could watch daytime, you could watch regular channels over there and find porn in the coffee six, right. in the coffee yeah. shop. Like, oh look, look at that! Yeah, it's shit crazy. <laughs> Eating a scone. <laughs> uh, you guys got anything else on your topic list? I think I covered everything that we had pre-planned. But anything that popped up in your head that. Uh, is important. Yesterday, yesterday Vanderbilt uh, made history with uh, having a female kicker uh, for a Power Five game. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller. She had a. She kicked off the second half. Uh, they've had some struggles with kickers. She's a, a soccer player kick. there, and uh, she made history yesterday with a Power Five conference game or power five game in the sec so yeah yeah i did see that there it wasn't a very good kick but yeah shout out to her i'm surprised Vari wasn't all over that no i hadn't i hadn't heard of it i, I noticed did hear, uh, you're all about boobs now he's not a real feminist <laughs> he don't care about women no more <laughs> i did hear that uh that movie uh i think it's called like jingle jangle or something like that I heard it. Oh, I heard right. it's good. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's good. That's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix. It was cute. It was all right. It was uh, Yo. it was decent. It was decent. I had to go back and watch it again because I fell asleep on that as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. Let that stay. Now. Watching stuff with my kids is literally automatically uh, a nap. <laughs> yeah, I probably I'm gonna check it out. I did see it. I saw it in there when I was. Strolling through the uh, the Netflix menu, 
looking for something, so I'm definitely gonna go go back to it and check it out. Um, but yeah, other than that, I look forward to the undoing tonight, and uh, we will recap that next week for sure. And if nothing else, I had, I had one other thing, real quick, Steve. And I be the and I be the one holding this up. <laughs> on, every would, every love, single time today. I would love EJ's opinion on this. Um, mm, this week, I saw a uh, debate. I saw a debate break out on Twitter about whether or not the um, the the uh, T'Challa role should be recast, or <sighs> if there should be no more T'Challa. And somebody made the point of they said, look. I've seen seven different white men play Superman and <laughs> X amount of white men play Batman or whatever. So why can't T'Challa be recast? Find somebody who's a great actor who would do the role justice and bring them in. It's no reason to kill off the character. What are your thoughts on that being the, the resident comic book guy? Yeah, I talked about this in a previous episode, and I think a couple of ways they could do it if if they want to tie in the rest of the universe is, you know how they sometimes go back in time to predate different things? I would go back in time for one movie, predate this Black Panther um, lineage that we know, going back in time to reintroduce the Fantastic Four, X-Men, Captain America, because they're all intertwined with Black Panther. So essentially have T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, being the main character in a past movie. Then going forward, they want to do with um, Ryan Coogler in the comics. They want to make sure at some point the Black Panther take the mantle um, in accordance to the comics. But T'Challa eventually returns. So I think eventually um, I don't think we should be hit with it right away. But I think eventually, you know, we, we have to recast him if you really care about the character and the uh, the story. I think the problem is black folks get involved and they're not real comic. Most of these people that are comment commenting are not real comic people. They're just, it's black and we've now adopted it. We don't care. It's a comic thing. It's all about blackness and that's cool. Um, and Chadwick, Chadwick was a true actor and, you know, I'm pretty sure that he would say it would have to get recasted. Um, so I, I think eventually they should recast them maybe some years from now after they have like a couple movies in between to see where it goes, you know, but Marvel, Marvel's, we, we'll see what Marvel does with this as they don't have any movie. There's actually no Marvel movie releases for 2020, which is, uh, first time since 2009. Yeah, I did see, uh, well, I know that's not uh it's not Marvel, but I did see um that they're talking about Wonder Woman twenty in twenty twenty one and also coming to HBO. So I don't think they're expecting to push it back as far as they thought for waiting oh, on no. the Wonder Woman Wonder Woman will be out on HBO Max and theaters uh Christmas. Nineteen eighty the eighty four movie. Bet. Okay. And also Steve, uh, breaking news on the woman uh, uh front. Uh, Browns chief of staff Kaylee Brownson, what a name to work for the Browns, is making history today. She's becoming the first woman to coach an NFL position group. She'll be replacing tight end coach Drew Petzing, who is away from the game. Uh, him and his wife gave birth to their child, so she will be filling in as the tight ends coach. 
She's got she's the new tight end coach. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't resist, could you? Couldn't resist, could you? Let me ask you let me ask you this real quick, VP. I'm up there with Red Fox, baby. Uh, Let me (laughs) ask you this, VP. How do you feel about somebody coaching something they've never Uh actually physically played? Oh, this about to get good. So Normally, I don't care for it. However, what I can say is that it's possible to learn to do something without actually having done it yourself, right? There are some people who are just gifted in that way. We see it in um, Venus and Serena Williams' dad. Didn't play tennis, read books on it, watched videos, taught his daughter how to become world-class dominant tennis players, right? Uh, uh, Charlie Weiss never played football but he was roommates with Joe Montana in college and learned the game from Joe Montana, ends up becoming a world-class offensive coach. I will not, I will not fight. I never even, I never even realized (laughs) that Jesus Christ say no more. About Weiss. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It was just just Joe Montana's roommate. (laughs) Yeah. Him him and Joe Montana. And, And think about that, right? Because nowadays, College athletes live with each other, right? They don't live with the with the general population in school. You know what I'm saying? So the chances of that happening now are probably slim to none. But yeah, back in the day, uh, uh, Charlie Weiss, Joe Montana were roommates in college, and um, he he picked up a love of the game from talking to Joe Montana about it, and that's kind of what got him started in in uh, football. So I think it's possible to coach something that you haven't done yourself, but in order to do it, I think that you need to stand out. It's not necessarily saying, hey, we want this person to be a first for headline, so we're going to put them in there, even though they may not be, you know, that good at it, but we're going to have this this chip in our, in our, in our, uh, this feather in our cap saying that we did this, right? If it's for something like that, I'm totally against it or whatever, but if it's somebody who they just stand out and you can say, man, this person didn't do this, but when we watch them on the field, when we're at practice and, and they're in the meetings, they seem to know what the fuck they're talking about. And so we feel comfortable putting them in this position where they didn't play, but they seem to know a lot about it. I look at it in a, I look at it in a sense that, you know, I could be a gun fanatic. I can, I can arm, I can be qualified to, I could be a qualified marksman with an M4, M16, et cetera. But I don't think I'd be qualified to lead a battalion on strategy, reconnaissance, moving as a unit, and unless I've done it, you know. And I look at it in the same way, same way as football, in the sense like you can teach somebody X's and O's, you can teach somebody how to read coverage, you can teach somebody how to get open, you can teach somebody how to get through formation. But for me. I would have an issue with you walking me through how it feels. Like if I'm a if I'm a tight end and I'm I'm taking on this guy who's in the shade and I gotta make a combo block and peel off and then get out into a route, there's a certain element that I need to know that you telling me, boom, point of contact, do this, shed off, look five yards into the flat that is missing from that. Um, is it impossible? No, 
clearly not because she's going to do it and it is what it is. I just find it, I find it amazing that that happens. And it also speaks to this for me, right? Recently, we just saw uh, the NFL just had an all black male. I want to highlight that all black male refereeing um, um, crew. As we've seen, there's been female referees coming in. But these guys had combined like over 90 years, I think, or 90, some some crazy amount of years experience. And this is the first time that we've had an all, not just an all black crew, but an all black male crew. And so I think like what then gets this person in Cleveland, this opportunity to coach the tight ends? Is there not some player, some former athlete, some person how does that happen is is my question and i mean not saying she's not qualified etc but it just it just it, it always seems to me when it's not white male um it, it's it's just interesting how people get there because charlie weiss getting the coaching accolades that he's got just for being joe montana's roommate when you think about it it's just insane it is completely insane <laughs> It is completely insane by all all stretches of the means. So uh, it's just interesting to me how these things happen, you know? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, in her case, if I if I had to take a guess at why, I would say it's probably chalked up to COVID where they can't just bring in somebody off the street because people have to, you know, they have the protocols in place where they got to quarantine for a certain amount of time before they're exposed um uh, to the team etc and so mm -hmm. given that the tight end coach was away because of the birth of his child um it probably was just like a next man up situation like as an example um i know steve's gonna talk some shit here or whatever but as an example uh either it was either a week ago or two weeks ago i don't remember but the dolphins were down three coaches because of because of covid so with with covid you're probably going to see a lot of people get to do positions that they haven't had before just because the team can't go out and necessarily get somebody because of these protocols and restrictions, which is why, <laughs> which is why, <laughs> which is why we got a wide receiver playing quarterback in Denver today. I you hear know? you, but that, but that's almost like, damn, we ain't got nobody in the building. Uh, Janitor Tom, you've been with the Browns for 20 years now. <laughs> Come coach these tight ends. It's like it's just like how do these people? How do these people even somebody, get in these? Somebody position? knows that she has a little uh, experience with tight ends. Apparently. Oh God, <laughs> Steve, why is your shirt off, buddy? What are you talking about? Your shirt looks like it's different. Like you got like a muscle shirt on now. It's the same mm -hmm. shirt I had on all day. Oh okay, all right. Didn't see that before. Oh, it's because I didn't want you to see the muscles. I know. No, I <laughs> He's gone, you know baby. He's what? baby. You know. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but good point though, VP. Good point. Good point. VP is like, oh, I can't miss an opportunity to talk about, you know, being progressive for women after I just said there's not enough tits in a TV show. Mm, <laughs> trying to redeem himself. See what I did there? Hypocrisy. See what I did there? You're welcome. You're welcome, VP. You're welcome. But yeah, to your point, EJ, um, and then we'll get up out of here. You definitely need to have experience in something because look how shitty Eric Spolster is. Jesus. Wow. 
Wow. Right, right. Straight from the toilet bowl to the Hall of Fame, huh? Hey, yo. You are terrible, man. You are terrible. Your hate for Spolster is ridiculous. Overrated. Ah, sheesh. What did he do to you? And uh, EJ, I just Googled um, about the uh, uh, college roommates or whatever, and I found this site that actually has a bunch of like heavy hitter guys who were college roommates. Tony Dungy and Flip Saunders, college roommates. Um, Jim Nance and Fred Couples. Paul Tagliabue and Lamar Alexander. Um, Lee Corso, Burt Reynolds. Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne. But duh, I mean, they both went to Miami, so duh. Uh, Marcus Allen and Ronnie Lott. Uh, Troy yeah, Palomaro, but none of these, Carson but, Palmer and Matt Castle. The difference, but the amazing difference, and, and I get what you're doing for for the sake of just roommates, but God, like Charlie Weiss, like the only reason he got a, a, a chance at anything was simply because he lived with, with <laughs> Joe Montana? Are you serious? Like, I never, never knew that. Yeah, he never played. Him and, him and Joe Montana <sighs> were roommates, and that's where he be, That's where he got a love for the game at and started learning the X's and O's. And then he started off as a high school coach. But still, somebody hired a guy. Like, normally the PE teachers is the high school coach or some shit, right? They said, we're going to hire this guy who's never actually even played before <laughs> ever. Like, I, I, I just don't understand that. I, I, I truly don't. I, I mean, if you want to talk about the epitome of white privilege, I mean, did he even play in high school? I mean, ever? Like, no, never played. That, that's incredible. I mean, that is it's incredible. Like, it's kind of like one of those things. You ever hear those stories about people who were like, man, I went to school for psychology and then I took this marketing class, and it just changed everything. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, it's even worse. It's actually it's actually along the lines of saying you're going to be a surgeon, and you never went to med school. Like <laughs> it's one thing. Like I can see if he played in, I can see if he played in high school, and then especially college. This motherfucker. I played Madden, so I can be a coach. I mean, you played. You you even had a day or two or a season. In football, no, right? Watch your mouth, watch your mouth, kid. <laughs> I'm just what saying, man. What if you're gonna be a surgeon, but you butcher your own meat? Oh. What? Huh? <laughs> oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> wait a minute! Oh my! God. Where did we go here? <laughs> oh, oh man, this guy, got savage. This guy's savage. New name is Big Pun. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! I need you to not be talking about butchering meat here, sir. <laughs> Good I'm gosh! So, oh, I'm confused man. how we got there so quickly. I don't know. I, I'm lost. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. Uh, VP. Now is your chance. To uh, get on stage and take us out. We got four minutes till kickoff. Get us up out of here, please, sir. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, as always, we definitely uh, appreciate you guys listening and rocking with us. Uh, to echo a point that EJ made earlier in the podcast, he did let the audience know if they hadn't learned already from the previous X number of episodes we have that Steve is an asshole. 
um, the the uh, the hugeness of the enormity of the scale of asshole that he is is big. Um, with that said, though, as always, definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us, listening to us. Uh, you can find us on all your podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, uh, 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 Google Plus, YouTube. Check out the Facebook. Check out our social media at Castworthy. All these places, except for Instagram, is at Castworthy underscore podcast. You can also find the previous episodes on our website, which is www.castworthy.com. Um, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, follow. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And uh, for those who join live on the uh, Facebook, we definitely appreciate you guys uh, uh, rocking with us as well. We love you all. Please stay safe. If you got to go out in public, wear a mask. Um, um, we're we're going to get through this thing. You know, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hope you were able to enjoy it the best you could, uh, given uh, the circumstances that we're going through in the country. And as always, we love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you on the next one. Peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.